the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, 5'2". It's all I need, yeah. And 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Woo-hoo! There's nowhere I'd rather be than right here with you guys, 6 to 8 p.m. every night. I am Andrea Kay, Dynamite in a Dress. Super excited. Last hour, we gave away tickets to see uh, 2,000 Mules. And that's a movie that uh, we're going to continue to talk about because it's amazing and everybody needs to see it. But we're going to shift gears this hour. We also were talking about a lot of national news. Right now, we got to get back down to San Diego because you know what made national news today? is that San Diego is the number one most expensive city to rent in. And you know what else? It's also about the most expensive place to buy a home in. While we got $7 a gallon of gas, right? And that's going to end up getting even higher. We got food shortages like crazy. Our electricity going through the roof. We've got water water rations going on in L.A. County that's going to end up coming down here. This is really tough times. Right. And for and for all the demographics. And so this breaking news happened to happen, happened to happen to day on uh, the day that my man Dave Elhoff is here, the financial thought doctor. So um, I asked him to come on tonight because at the same time that this breaking news about San Diego being the most expensive place in the United States in terms of renting, then we see. That is there a possibility, though, could there be some good news in the housing market? So Dave Elhoff, financial thought doctor, is here to weigh in on this economic news. And he is joining me, excuse me, joining me now. Hello, Dave Elhoff. TNT, how are you tonight? Well, I'm good. I'm struggling to get a sentence out. Y'all may not know that I've actually been working since 6 a.m. <laughs> Wednesday mornings. I also do Newsmax at like 7 a.m., which is so I got to get up at the crack of dawn. So by the time I get in here, my tongue's kind of wore out, Dave Elhoff. Well, you need to have a combat nap somewhere in there. <laughs> What's a combat nap? That's where you close your eyes for 10, 15 minutes, and then you're ready to go, girl. You got You learn it in the military. Well, I don't, I, you know, I've never been much of a napper. I was never much of a sleeper when I was a kid. I always drove my parents crazy because I'd be like, they would get up extra early in the morning for us. And it'd be like, can I get up with you, mom, and have coffee with you in the morning? She'd be like, no, she wanted, <laughs> she wanted some time to herself. So I've never been much there of a sleeper. Go. Yeah. So I, yeah, I need to, I need to learn to take a little nap. Uh, during the day, maybe with my little boy Gator, my little fur boy, fur baby. All right, so let's get serious, man. I mean, this is yeah. tough. Um, you know, San Diego is always a little more expensive than like you know Columbus, Ohio, of course, because you know it's it's about um, that your more desirable places don't come hate, hate on me, Ohio. Your more desirable places to live and your your bigger areas are going to be more expensive, but. 
we've got 2,400. Let me read the article here. This is from Fox 5 San Diego. The median rental price in April was $2,400 for a one-bedroom unit, which means it was more expensive to rent in San Diego than Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., and Oakland. I think um, only New York City may be more expensive than us right now. For a two-bedroom unit, the median price is $3,000. Fifty dollars. The rental prices in Chula Vista have gone up forty percent, and that's not exactly a high income area. And this affects everybody across all demographics, doesn't it? Absolutely, it's a sunshine tax. I mean, come on, why do we live here? It's because of the weather. That's the main reason. If you really were to break it down, that's the reason. And then it's a sunshine tax. Now. There's all kinds of forces that are taking place right now. Number one, new homes aren't being built to the extent that they need to be. The millennials and and all those are now starting getting in the market where they need to buy homes. And interest rates still are historically low. I mean, I remember paying double-digit interest rates to buy a home back in the 70s. Oh, my parents did in the 80s. Yeah, it was like on a credit card. It was like 20-something percent interest rate. Well, so now you're talking about home purchases, and and, and, and there was an indication today some people were talking about is there maybe going to be you know a housing crash. There's not, because we don't have the supply for new homes. We do have millennials now that are looking at buying a home for the first time, and that, in, in a weird way, keeps the rental prices high as well, doesn't it? Absolutely, because also there's about... A, a part of the world where you have multifamily residential units, apartments that are no longer obsolete are being destroyed, and they're not building enough apartments either, Andrea. So we're short on so supply for both is the problem. Yes, totally. And that's why the rents are going through the roof for people. So the rents going through the roof are going to force people to want to buy. Because if you're going to, you take my stepson, moved to Arizona two years ago, he was paying 5000 a month to rent a place in San Diego, and he moved to Surprise, Arizona, and for about $3,000, he bought a home. Yeah, so, so. All that stuff. So if, first of all, I don't know, I don't know, is he like a plastic surgeon? Who can afford $5,000 a month, man? Um, that he's, he's doing well. Um, so hat tip to him. Uh, to a lot of people, 3,000 listening, maybe if they're not in San Diego, they might think that that sounds super high. That's actually, that would be low to buy a home here in San Diego. But do you think maybe if there is anything that's going to turn this around for us, will it be, Raising interest rates because they are starting to inch up. I think a new 30 year mortgage is now in the 5% area. A couple of years ago, it was 2%. Well, is that going to somehow make things better, even though you're, the interest rates higher? No, I'll tell you, it, the interest rates being higher is not going to make it better, except for the banks. But the interest rate higher, it's 5%. I mean, come on. If you look at historic interest rates, 5% is still fairly 
low. So it's not going to make people... See, I was thinking, excuse me for interrupting before I changed my thought. I was thinking that that inching up might make people go, well, you know what? Now now it's it's I'm not going to jump in because the interest rates are going up. But if it's still, if it's still considered low, people will. Um, from a policy standpoint... There's a lot of things behind this in, involving the Democrats. Um, you, you could, one of the things is supply chain. I remember back a, a year ago when uh, the cost of lumber was skyrocketing. So one of the things that makes housing prices go up is the cost of housing, whether it's remodeling, if, if, if for a house to go on the market, a lot of times an older house here in, here in San Diego has got to be remodeled, right? Who wants to move into something that's old and dumpy, right? And, and so the cost of materials is going to raise the cost of construction, the cost that people have to pay employees, workers, um, as everything costs more, that gets passed through. To um, it's the same thing that if you raise the cost of of um, the same thing that can cause the prices to go up on you if you're buying products in retail at Amazon and the grocery store. The same thing happens when you go to try to buy a home if the products and services used in the form of remodeling it or constructing it go up, then the cost to buy goes up. That's a factor. So there's that's how some economic policies that aren't necessarily related to housing ends up causing houses to cost more. Yes. Yes. Because I tell you what, here's the factors that many people don't understand. There's eroding factors that are taking place all the time. And one of the biggest ones is nothing's built anymore today to last forever. We call that planned obsolescence. Okay. Companies are building these things so that it'll break down in three or four or five years and you have to replace it. Okay. They used to build these things. They'd last forever. And I can go through a list of things that were built to last forever, but it's redundant. And the whole point is inflation is the eroding factor. Mm. Taxes is the eroding factor. Mm -hmm. Fees are eroding factor. And planned obsolescence is a big one. I mean, come on, Andrea, how often do you have to replace things in your household that take money from your wealth because you got to replace it? Well, let me ask you this, because I just you brought up taxes and I hadn't even thought about that. We have that proposition that was signed into law many years ago that stops at least uh, it was a proposition 18 that stops them from being. What was it? Proposition 13. Yeah, and that was... And that Howard pro- Jarvis. Howard Jarvis. And that protects... And that was put in place to protect seniors that were in their home on a fixed income and that and by keeping the property taxes low and not and not and putting a cap on how they can be raised would help seniors to be able to stay in their home but that still is grandfathered in as for new homeowners um that's at least one good thing that we have here for property ownership right absolutely because you go to texas and look that's a that's a uh uh, income tax-free state for the purposes of uh, Texas, but their property taxes for the same, let's say it's a $500,000 home. For here, it's $5,000. For there, it's $25,000 for property taxes. 
So that's actually a little bit of good news. You got to factor that in if you're thinking that maybe I'm going to leave San yeah. Diego and move somewhere else. You got to be thinking about the property tax equation. However, the Democrats are planning if they if they can they tried a couple of years ago to get a Proposition 13 through inches by trying to get the Proposition 13 aspect that's related to businesses removed under the guise of by doing that. Uh, they could take that money and funnel it to schools, and the voters shot that down, which was uh, uh, which was good. But we cannot take our eyes off the fact that the Democrats plan to do that, and 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 I think I'm the only one that's mentioned that in media in a long time. Nobody ever talks about it. What advice would you give to somebody right now, or? Can you on whether or not now is the time to jump in and buy a home, sell a home, how to think about that? If somebody's going into retirement, maybe they should they sell it off and, and, and bank that money now or wait? How do, how do how do you calculate that equation for somebody? Here's what I do is, number one, we take a look at what do you want to purchase and can you afford to purchase it? And. I have always said the same thing over the last 40 years of being in the business. When you buy a home, don't expect it to be this great end all that it's going to go up in value. You buy the home because you like the home, you can afford it, and you live there for a long period of time. Now, if you're buying it to speculate, you're on your own. But Mm -hmm. if you buy a home and hold on to it, and maintain it and pay the mortgage and do the things you need to do, you'll end up okay. But don't expect it to be your nest egg forever. Well, right. Now's not the time to, to do spec, spec homes. What about somebody thinking about retiring and thinking, and that's where a lot of their money is? Absolutely. I'm in that position right now. I live in a home in Coronado that I'm thinking about. <laughs> Dude, let me stop you right now. If y'all are not from San Diego County, uh, from San Diego, California, y'all Google Coronado and see if you're worried about my man, El Hoff. <laughs> David hurting. <laughs> my condolences, David. <laughs> okay, now carry on. I'm not... I'm not Looking for sympathy. <laughs> I'm off the air. I tell you where you can find sympathy, but I can't do it for you on the air. All right. <laughs> yeah, keep it rated G, my friend. We got 30 seconds. Yeah. All right. So for people that are retiring, it is a huge nest egg, and you've been able to capitalize on that. So how do you? what do you do? Well, you need to organize downscale for instance that's what i'm thinking of doing downscaling and being able to take some of the equity that i have I've got a five hundred thousand dollar exclusion on capital gain stacks that you can then do other stuff with mm-hmm. and plus there's a lot of other options okay. and i tell you what many people don't understand how many options they have. And that's what I specialize in and say, let's think about this. Think about that. What I see is different than what they see. Right. That's well, that, that's why you're the financial thought doctor. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Get a hold of me. You text me at, or call me at 619-548-0965. And I'm still giving out free passes to the movie Ooh. that you can see online. And we can talk about the baby boomer dilemma, 
5480965. Awesome. Thank you, my dear. Take good care. I'm going to pray over you for that for your life in Coronado. We're we're praying over you, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Um, stay tuned because major announcement today from the CDC, from the well, from the Biden administration over the pandemic. Is it over? Maybe, maybe not. Stay tuned. We're going to try to give you the answer on the other side of this break. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM eleven seventy. The Answer, San Diego. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. All right, 888-344-1170 if you would like to weigh in on this. Do you guys think we're still in a pandemic? Apparently, the Biden administration can't decide. Suddenly, last hour we were talking about hero versus zero. Suddenly it seems as though Fauci's gone from hero to zero based upon some comments that he made in a PBS interview that's really gotten very little play anywhere. Uh, it, it, let's start with um, his comments that he made on PBS that aren't really getting any play anywhere. And then we're going to give you the Biden administration's re- response. Uh, clip two. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase Namely, we don't have 900,000 new infections a day and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hospitalizations and thousands of deaths. We are at a low level right now. So if you're saying, are we out of the pandemic phase in this country? We are. Wow. Good to know. Thanks, Dr. Fauci. Now go away. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, right. We're, we finally get what... The announcement of what we've known now for quite some um, time, quite some time. In fact, it should have been um, go back to 14 days to flatten the curve and day 15. Right. Because, you know, we never had any need for any any of these lockdowns and the draconian response to this. We haven't been in a pandemic phase really in a really long time. Right. Um, There's a real reason why nobody has been hearing about this interview, right? They don't want you to hear. They don't want you to hear what he had to say because there was never any intention of this pandemic phase. The the phase portion of the pandemic was meant to to be forever, right? In perpetuity. It's just been their narrative falling apart. It's just been their narrative falling apart. And so now Fauci has gone from hero to zero of the left. In fact, they're responsible. Health experts, unknown health experts. This is according to Daily Mail. Uh... Health experts, unknown, questioned his claim, pointing out that he appeared to have bungled, (laughs) bungled his choice of words. Since when has Fauci ever been accused by anybody on the left and any so-called health experts for bungling his claims? They never called him a bungler of words. Never. When he first came out and said, you didn't need a mask and nobody should be wearing masks. And um, and then came out and said, well, I lied about the mask because we didn't want everybody buying up the mask because we needed to save her. Yeah. There has been no word that came out of his mouth that wasn't absolutely dead on accurate. This man was allowed because of his brilliance and his expertise. And he was so-called set the only the basically the the God of this country where his words were used as a justification to shut down a five trillion dollar a year economy and destroy entire industries and lives. Right. And now suddenly suddenly he's a bungler of words. I know we always say this, Andrea, but that clip from Fauci, I've been watching the news media all day. Where else have you heard this? Right. 
Nowhere. Although there was a question about it, some little intrepid reporter, I don't know, I don't know who it was, who this little, um, somehow this reporter at the, the, uh, the White House press briefing with Jen Psaki, I don't know how they let this person through the door. Evidently, they didn't do proper vetting because you know that they like to have their handpicked uh, media reps ask questions. So I don't know who asked this particular question of Jen Psaki. No wonder this woman's leaving MSNBC. But she's still in do, doing a bang-up job as, like, head propagandist for the Biden administration. But here's what she had to say um, today. Clip two. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Fauci said on the PBS NewsHour last night, quote, this country is out of the pandemic phase of COVID. Um, What phase are we in right now? And also, if we are out of the pandemic phase, uh, why are emergency measures still in place? Well, what Dr. Fauci was saying is that we are in a different phase of this pandemic. And that's absolutely true. Last month, the president announced a plan for how we can move forward safely while staying on our front foot against COVID. As he pointed out, nationwide cases are relatively low, far below the 900,000 cases a day we saw during the Omicron surge, even as we've seen upticks. Um, hospitalizations are about at about the lowest level since the pandemic, and deaths are declining. So there's no question that we're in a moment, a different moment in our fight. <laughs> I got to stop right COVID. there. But we also know. <laughs> I got to stop right there. Um She's starting to lose some of her her um, propagandist capabilities as she's struggling because this was probably one of her weakest answers just so far of what she said. Um, nationwide cases are relatively low, relatively low. They're non-existent. There's some doctors that are saying that they haven't admitted a patient in two months. It's virtually non-existent. She goes on to say cases are relatively low, far below the 900,000 cases a day. Why won't they give the number? Because they got and and why would we trust the number in the first place? Because when they're talking about 900,000 cases a day, we know that those numbers were pushed out. I have a two. They were inflated. Yeah. Herd immunity. Right. Yeah. They don't talk about herd immunity anymore. That was that was the lie that was pushed out to to get people to uh, to get the shots. But but even but but her premise that the initial cases were nine hundred thousand a day was never cooperated. You know, last night we talked about how the Republicans have announced an investigation of COVID, but they only want to focus on the origins in China. This is what they. I keep hitting my mic. This, this is, is exactly what they need. To this focus is on. what they need to focus on: the lies that were pushed out, the propaganda, the 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 increasing the the Enron math that was used for the case count. And then she goes on to say, um, "We've seen upticks." What upticks? And to find an uptick, I said at the very beginning, what I need to see is, I, I, I asked a very difficult question at the beginning. I said, we need, we need an assessment done. What, what is an acceptable death count? Because there's no way the United States government can stop everybody from getting sick. People will die. People die of the flu every year. People die of cancer. People die in car accidents. They die from bee stings. They die from, the, the United States government cannot stop people from dying from viruses they can't stop this what is the acceptable level of death what's an acceptable case count we never could get anything quantifiable because they don't want it to be quantifiable they want to pump up numbers and and freak you out and make you think the case counts equal caskets when they don't and and it's also interesting that she goes on and she's talking about upticks in hospitalizations but of course they don't quantify that she's talking about um there's no question we're in a moment we're in a moment 
uh, of uh, in our fight against the move. What does that even mean? Well, well, they want they want just like they want to constantly shift. They never gave any quantifiable measurements of what what the success would be and when we and, and when it would be over. Um, what they won't determine what a phase is. Now a phase is just just a moment. Oh, just so so it's it's a phase is however long they want it to be because the end game is really is that it's never over. Well, of course, because the second they they start defining what it is, they've lost. Right. Because they can't give any because they want to be able to shift the goalpost. So she goes on and and, and um, let's see if she goes on to say anything more uh, important. Um, and cases are low, driven by extremely. I don't even know what she's talking about hearing kids or whatever. She's talking about another doctor, uh, Ja. See, they've got another doctor that they're pushing out. They know Fauci's lost his credentials. And so now they've got this other doctor, Ja, that they keep putting out on the media. And uh, she says is that um, that uh, that cases are low, driven by the extremely something. Let's play the rest of the clip because I can't understand the transcript. And I think it's because she was struggling so much. Uh, to to try to try to make sense of what is nonsensical that she was struggling, and then we're going to go to the phones real quick. Isn't over, and what Dr. Jaw said yesterday also is that a uh, different doctor, I realize, but I just want to reference him since he was just here. Um, is that cases are low, driven by the extremely trend? Uh, well, cases are low. Case well, cases uh, well low. Cases right. are still, you know, we've seen an uptick in some places driven by the extremely transmissible uh, BA2 variant. We know the risk of potential sur- uh, surges, even as a potential new variant or subvariant remains. So different phase, because we're at a much lower level of hospitalization. Yeah, that, that word salad is tells you it's time. Oh, that's horrible. It's time for them to get rid of her, because that shows you the extent to which they are, they're really, really having a difficult time to try to convince anybody that the pandemic still exists, because we know that it doesn't. And this is also, at the same time, they're trying to remove title 42 protections and to allow a title 42 which will just allow millions of illegals to come in um you know who might test positive for covid so they've lost it's over and before the segment is over i'm going to quickly go to the phones because we've got a caller on the line francisca who says uh she wants to say something on the vaccines hello francisca welcome to the andrea k show Thank you for your information. Thank you for letting me give my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think uh, after two years, we need to um, make a um, conclusion and take actions because this is too long. And now we have multiple, I call them attacks from different sources. So I'm uh, asking, you know, if you're an American, if you're an American citizen, we think that we are free people. If you're free people, you're responsible for your body, for your country, for your planet. These people try to have control of your body, of your city, of your country, of the planet. So I want to give you an example of, yes, we can. We can do it. Um, this guy, that same guy that talks about vaccine, tried to put this chemical stuff on Sweden, North Sweden. These indigenous people... Um, they, they told him, you know what, go to the place, not in my country. So about the pandemic and the injection, to me, the priority is for health. We cannot fight this fight if we are not healthy psychologically, mm-hmm. if we are not healthy physically. So they, the pandemic, uh, we can check Dr. Erickson. He told us March 2020, you know, all these things that they were doing only, he said that in March 2020, but if you look around the world, which we should have 
uh, an eye of what other countries are doing because they will do that to us too. Mm-hmm. So he, he told us, you know, you know, don't use the mask. The people are sick. You know, stay home and the healthy go to work. But we let them go to this position. Yeah, so we, we did. We, yeah, I'm going to have to leave it there, Francisca. Thank you so much for calling in because I'm up against a break, but she's absolutely right. We've got to be healthy mentally to fight this. Um, there was no reason for them to do this except to seize of power. Sweden and other countries, there's some countries like Sweden, I think in Switzerland, that their children never missed a day of school and they didn't have these shot and these mask mandates on them. And if they, and they would do to us what they did to Shanghai and lock us all in if they had that opportunity. Their intent is for this pandemic to never be over to um, have us always be as a nation, like Gavin Newsom said here, to have us on a dimmer switch where they could move us up and down on the scales of their tyranny. You and I were always talking about, and from day one, they never pushed it out because it would actually hurt what they were trying to do with their narrative and the eventual end game, Andrea. They never talked about physical health, natural supplements, how you could boost your immune system to fight this thing off. And they knew that they were destroying, to, to piggyback off what Francisca had to say, they knew that they were destroying the mental health of Americans, including children. They created mass formation psychosis. All right. Speaking of psychosis, is anybody who thinks that the Biden administration, that Joe Biden as vice president didn't trot around the world lining the pockets of his kids, Hunter, Hunter Biden. There's new emails that have come out about Joe Biden and the Republican Party. Hey, psh, where are y'all? Where are y'all? Well, they better be doing something when we get into when they get into power. But we're going to share the details of the latest shocking emails from Hunter Biden when we come back. 888-344-1170. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Anybody out there got a parent? that could pay off or would would be willing to pay off even if they could $800,000 a year debt. <laughs> My parents, I often call them Saints Andrea, and the answer is no. Yeah, no. No, I can remember getting a lecture when I bounced a check to Bono's Pizza back, <laughs> at, back at LSU. And my daddy got me a bumper sticker that said, I can't be broke. I have more checks and made me put it, <laughs> made me put it on my car to shame me. And they told me that was the, that was the only check they were going to cover for me. Uh, sausage and jalapeno peppers. That was my favorite. Ooh. I know. Yeah. That sounds good. Do not doubt sausage and jalapeno peppers. I'm not sure if uh, pizza delivery to your college dorm, um, uh, pizza to his college dorm or to his daughter's college dorms as part of the $800,000 tab that Hunter Biden needed paid off. But here's the deal. Um, we know that a lot of it had to do with his Chinese deals that were paid off by his dad. So here's the deal. Here's how this went down. That laptop that New York uh, that New York Post tried to tweet about back in October of 2020, the Hunter Biden laptop and uh, all these 51 uh, intelligence community dudes from uh, the deep state all came out and said, oh, that's Russian disinformation. Yeah, that laptop revealed that there was some e- there was some emails There was one on January 17th, 2019 email. It was written by Hunter Biden's then personal assistant named Katie Dodge. And she sent this email to accountant Linda Shapiro, founder of Global D's firm in Leesburg, Virginia. And she writes, I spoke with Hunt. Hello, VP team. 
I spoke with Hunter today regarding his bills. It is my understanding that Hunt's dad, oh, they're so tight. She calls him Hunt. Isn't that cute? Hunt's dad will cover these bills in the short term as as Hunter transitions in his career. Was this when Hunter was transitioning from um, deals with Chinese government to being an artist? Is this when he took up the paint by numbers set? And became an artist. It says she says I have a list of the current bills of which I am aware. I have attached the list below, and there's even spreadsheets. You can see um, these. Uh, you can go to online and Google this, and and you can see uh, the spreadsheets that were part of this email chain. And she goes on to say, um, "I am sure we. W- I have attached the list below. I am sure we will need to go over all of this to make a smooth transition. Uh, yeah, because there's multiple spreadsheets totaling eight hundred grand." At any rate, I wanted to get the ball rolling. Please let me know a convenient time for this call. That said, I am traveling for the holiday weekend beginning tomorrow and will be back to my home Tuesday. Also, as is understandable, I will no longer be working for Hunter after January 31st. I will, of course, remain in touch with you, yada, yada, yada. Um, Did you hear about Saki evading the, uh, the, the, the questions from the, uh, from the media? Oh, well, of course, right? And so did Merrick Garland when he was asked uh, yesterday in hearings, hey, you going to be doing an investigation here? Oh, well, then he blames Trump and says, well, you know, no. Uh, I've actually put this investigation into the hands of a Trump appointee who's a U.S. attorney in Delaware, as though that's supposed to mean anything, right? I mean, you know. Uh, not against Trump, but the the problem is, is that most uh, of the attorneys that are part of the Department of Justice are qualified to be appointees of the Department of Justice. They they end up getting promoted from within, are all part of the same deep state, right? That's how we had that judge in D.C. who refused bail of a January 6th defendant because, and I'm quoting, if not paraphrasing here, saying, you know, I'm not going to give you bail because I suspect that you still hold a belief that something untoward happened in the election. Yeah, okay. yeah, Saki was asked about it. I guess she asked the same, was asked the same question the day before. So she mm-hmm. says, I already answered that yesterday. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, a lot of the bills, Hunter's debts included more than $130,000 in legal fees due, quote, ASAP to a firm called Fager Baker Daniels uh, with 28382 owned for BHR restructuring. BHR, Bohai Harvest RST, is a Chinese company. So Joe Biden paid off Hunter's bills that were owed to a Chinese company. And this is who's sitting in the White House. I was just going to say, and he's president. Do not tell me that this man is not corrupted. This explains why he was on the campaign trail in October 2020 when he was asked about, remember back in 2016 when when uh, Trump was saying China is um, kicking our butts and Joe Biden comes out in, in 2020 and and. and Trump is famous for talking about China, right? And being mocked for talking about China and how we needed to, and how they're, they're kicking our butts all over the place economically. We needed to impose tariffs on them. And Joe Biden going around saying China's our friend. Well, no, China's not our friend. He's your friend. China's Joe Biden's friend, right? Because he's lined the pockets of Hunter Biden as well as other family members. So Joe Biden paid off debts to a Chinese company. So you go, big guy. Right. And so Mayor Garland was asked in this hearing whether or not he was going to appoint a special counsel. Oh, there's no need for it. We that's when he said, well, you know, surely you can trust Trump's appointee in the U.S. attorney's office. But this is bigger than that. Even if we could trust the Trump appointee at the U.S. attorney's office, this has to do with the vice president 
back during the Obama administration using the office of the of the White House to cook up deals with foreign com- countries that were our enemies. He is completely corrupted, uh, uh, completely. It, it, I can't think of the term uh, that, that I'm thinking of here, but he's compromised. And I'm even old enough to remember when Adam Schiff got punked because somebody called up pretending that they were Russians, called up Adam Schiff pretending they were Russians. And Adam Schiff's like, and they had dirt on, on Donald Trump. And Adam Schiff was like, oh, please give me the compromise using the Russian word for how Trump was compromised. Here, There is evidence all over the place that Joe Biden is compromised. And Even if he got more votes than Obama, which he didn't. Right. <laughs> this man is yeah. sitting in the White House for these crooked dealings. Absolutely. Um, the Hunter Biden owed Fager Baker another $20,000 for some Burnham reconstruction, which is Burnham Financial Group, which was a business he had with the partner, Devin Archer, who I believe has been indicted. Um, this just stinks to high heaven. Can you imagine if this was Don Jr.? They would be calling for Trump's resignation not that they didn't already, on the daily. And I don't care that according to this article, that Chinese records show that Hunter Biden was no longer on uh, BHR's board of directors as of April 2020. That doesn't mean that there is not still uh, a Biden be, uh, being a compromise because, oh, by the way, even if he wasn't compromised right now with China, there's still Ukraine dealings to be had. And then there's even more because some of the dealings are beyond Hunter that in- include his brother, that include his sister. This this is nothing but a Biden crime family grifter operation that we need to know if it exists today. So we'll see if uh, I was asked today on Newsmax whether or not I thought that there would be accountability should the Republican oh, Party I said, no, well, what I can remember saying, because I was so exhausted and bleary-eyed, <laughs> having to be dragged out of bed at the crack of dawn, they start feeding me articles at like 5 a.m. I said, but, you know, I managed to remember enough about uh, what went down with Hillary Clinton and then when the Republicans had control of both houses of Congress, didn't have the White House, and how there was nobody held accountable. Was Hillary Clinton held accountable? She violated the Espionage Act. She should. Christian Saucier went to jail for a year and a half, ripped away from his wife and his baby for six photos on a phone. And Hillary Clinton didn't get anything for the fact that she violated the Espionage Act. Our operatives had to be pulled from the war zone because they were compromised. She deleted 30,000 pieces of government property that was under subpoena. And she was still allowed to run for office in 2016. So, no, I don't have any hope that the Republican Party is going to hold anybody accountable. And quite frankly, they didn't in the Trump administration when it was obvious then that Jim Comey. And and that was one of their big promises. Right. And exactly to drain the swamp. But what happened was the Republican Party laid down knowing day one that there was no Russian collusion information. The CIA knew Lindsey Graham and the Republican Party knew. And they went to the the American people and said, let the investigation go forward because we got to get to the bottom of it. And you know who's at the bottom of all of this in the bottom of the deep state? It's the Republican Party as much as it is the Democrats. So, no, I do not hold out any hope that the Republican Party is going to hold anybody accountable. I could be wrong. Well, and that's why true uh, MAGA is not the Republican Party, and that's where that's where the schism is with the Republicans, right? And that's why and that's why this battle is very serious. What we talked about earlier involving uh, what's going on um, between there is a battle. CNN is right tonight to put it out there. There is a war going on inside of the Republican Party, and unfortunately, 
we don't have enough MAGA people with the weaponry at the front lines. They're kind of be, but I don't know. Could we be like 300, the movie 300 with, with 300 Spartans held off all those? All I'm going to say is David and Goliath. Could be. Let's have a hat tip for that actor who played Spartacus. Great movie. I don't remember the movie, but I remember him and the loincloth. <laughs> I have no comment. <laughs> All right. Final segment. Time to the break. Andrew. Time to break. You know what? Speaking of a warrior who was David and Goliath, we got a story for you about that on the other side of the break. And you're going to love this. The, this is the perfect way to win. end the Andrea K. Show tonight. So come on back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The answer. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Wrapping up our show here for tonight. I think it was last night that I was talking about Alec Baldwin and how um, the two-tier justice system. Yeah, and I started talking about, I don't remember why I started talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. I think it was about how our Department of Justice, not only do we have two sets of justices for the elites versus the peasants, but how the Department of Justice and the courts were actually being weaponized. And that was really what was behind Kyle Rittenhouse to the degree that even after that, he's still being called a murderer by celebrities and politicians. The president of the United States weighed in because they were using him as an example. So one celebrity who called him a murderer after he was acquitted and you could see on video that he was defending himself. One celebrity is one of your favorites, Whoopi Goldberg, right? Well, she used to be good, good material, hilarious, but yeah, I loved her in ghost. She was awesome. She was awesome in ghost and anything with Billy Crystal and Robin Williams. What was she in with Billy? Comic Relief. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never saw that. Um, I did like her in Sister Act, but, and, you know, I I think, you know, movies dried up for her. I don't know why she ended up on The View, but she's decided to show her nastiness, and she called this young man a murderer on live TV. Well, he decided to file a lawsuit against her for $25 million. $25 million. So she immediately, as soon as he files, because he is actually, he's been low-key about it. He's been far more low-key about uh, about his plans afterward, but he had said that he was going to hold people accountable for, for the persecution they put him through. This man is it was absolutely innocent. It's amazing the composure he had to defend himself and what and, and to be put through what he was put through. Being persecuted, it was prosecutorial abuse to put him through that trial. They knew he was innocent from day one, and they put him through that and were prepared to put him into jail for the rest of his life. And so he decided to try to hold people accountable. So he files this lawsuit for $25 million and she immediately files a lawsuit back to, for, to dismiss it. And the New York judge is like, um, no. <laughs> so she is going to be tried for defamation. And I hope she gets sued so bad that she's got to cut off all of her dreadlocks and sell them because she deserves it for what she's trying to do to this man. Good for so, Kyle. Yeah, so good for him. Hopefully she's just one of many that he's going to be going after because that's what we need. We need accountability for these bullies out there, particularly the ones in media. All right, thanks to everybody for being here. Super fun night tonight. Loved giving the movie tick away, tickets away. But come back tomorrow night. We'll see y'all then. Three
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.